That's right. It's time for the Weekly Review, a podcast for people who want to do a better job of organizing their lives. Whether you are new to task management or you've fallen off the wagon a few times, this podcast is for you. Now, if you haven't done your weekly review yet, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to do so when you finish listening. I'm Jean McDonald, and I am here with my very good friend and co-host, James Dempsey. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks, Jean. And how about yourself? I am doing well as well. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if this is the first time you tuned into the weekly review, you won't know that I am pretty much uh, laid up in bed for a month and a half because I tripped and fell when I was on a trip in Italy in July. And I'm about halfway through the serious no moving around of my leg part of my recovery. Um, but James and I have still been podcasting, which I'm very proud of us for keeping it going. I'm very happy to have a friend like James who just supporting me and making sure that I can still do normal things even when I don't feel very normal. Um, And I'm glad to hear that uh, you're about halfway through the recovery, that initial recovery period, and um, hope things are going going well. Yeah. Um, Well, if I could see the inside of my knee, I would know for sure, but I can't, so I can only assume... (laughs) I'm taking it on faith along with a lot of other things these days, which is which is no problem. We have talked about me and my my trip, literal and figurative, um, and about some of my travel uh hacks and lessons that I learned, you know, before and after I went uh to Slovenia. We've been talking about Slovenia so long <laughs> we might need to change the name of the podcast. But uh Today, I would really like to return the focus to you, James, because you've also been on a really interesting journey, and um, I I would like to hear more about some of the things that you learned in the course of it, and I think our listeners would as well. So I know you went to Canada. Like I asked you when I saw the place on the map, and and you said to me, it's not even the middle of nowhere. It's the edge of nowhere. And listeners, I can I can verify that when I looked at it on the map <laughs> and then looked what was south of it, which to me was already like furthest great white north that I knew of. I was like, whoa, that's really far north. <laughs> so tell us about it, James. I'm sure. Well, um, my father was born in New Brunswick, Canada, which is uh, one of the maritime provinces, which is north and east of Maine. And, um, it's in the Atlantic time zone. So whenever I tend to visit there every summer, cause, uh, well, first when dad was alive, we'd go up there together. Um, but then for the last couple of years, we still, my sister and I still go up, um, cause we have a lot of relatives, um, both who live in the area and it also is kind of this gathering place, um, for at this point, many cousins, um, who come back. Um, and yeah, it's in the Atlantic time zone, which is an hour before Eastern. So sometimes I go there and I'm still maybe coordinating with people in California and I tell them I'm four hours ahead and they don't understand. They're like, are you in the middle of the ocean? What, where are you? Like, I did not know there was land beyond the Eastern time zone. Um, but there is. Um, and it's, uh, I think the whole province has, uh, 
less than a million people in it. Um, and then the the area where I am is or where my dad was born is kind of on the northern coast. And uh, that's why I say it's kind of in the, the edge of nowhere because there's this beautiful bay um, that we're about, I don't know, three, four hundred yards from um, wow. where my dad grew up. And um, yeah, a while back, um, the house where my dad grew up became available. Um, and it's not a very, uh, uh, how do I want to put it? It's, it's, Economy in the area is fairly depressed, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, we purchased the house where my father was born and grew up. Um, so wow. that's that's where uh, I head back to every summer for at least a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the 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 location, um, and so my dad passed away about I guess it's about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, uh, you know, we had f- kind of forgotten about until we went up to Canada last year is that one thing my dad did was he drove a number of years ago his 2002 Ford Taurus up to Canada. And then he had been leaving it there all year so that he'd have something to drive around in while he was in Canada. Um, so he kept it registered in New Jersey. Um, you know, he kept renewing the registration and the, and the insurance and what have you. Um, but the car had not been back to New Jersey in years. Um, and we had forgotten completely that there was this car because there were so many other things <laughs> to deal with. And we got up there and, oh, what do we do with this? Um, so. Of course, disposing with any car, the first thing you need is the title so that, you know, you have proof of ownership. Um, but then things were a little complicated because it was, well, it was a 2002 Taurus with 116,000 miles on it. And um, at least last year when I drove it around, it seemed to be overheating. Um, so it seemed like it wasn't in great shape. Um, so the first thing we had to do is get the title and my dad uh, was many, many wonderful things. But one thing (laughs) he was not, especially in his later years was a great, um, well-organized bookkeeper or, or paper organizer. So (laughs) for the life of us, we could not find the title to the car. Um, We looked everywhere. Um, So my sister's the executor. So, but I'm, you know, trying to help her out with things that I can help out with so it's not all on her. And so I contact uh, the state of New Jersey about what needs to be done to get a duplicate title, and they give me all this information. And I write it all up for my sister and say, you know, you need to gather all this, like a death certificate and the uh, surrogate paperwork that says that you're the executor and fill out this form for the duplicate title. So she does all of that and sends it off. And, uh, you know, eight weeks later, gets back this letter. Uh, No, this is not the information we need. (laughs) So we were kind of misled or, you know, whoever told us on the phone, kind of got it wrong. So then I call again and I get a different story and my sister uh, gathers it up. And while I'm visiting, we actually go to DMV and 
they look at the registration and apparently um again my dad not necessarily being the the most uh bureaucratically uh efficient fellow <laughs> um my mother was listed as a co-owner on the on the title um mm. but she had passed away 10 years prior so dad had never taken her off of the car um so now to get a duplicate title <laughs> We need to also get my mother's death certificate, an original copy, plus like a stamped, sealed, you know, with the raised seal version of the paperwork that said that my father was the executor of my mother's will. Oh, my God. So it literally took us about, well, my sister had to do the burden of it because she's the one authorized to request all these documents. So it literally took about eight, nine months to get the a duplicate title so we could proceed in getting rid of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, I'm investigating what's going to be the easiest way to dispose of this car because it's in Canada, but it's an American car. And it seems like no matter what I want to do, if I wanted to sell it, if I wanted to donate it in Canada and just have somebody come and tow it away, that technically it's an American car in Canada, so I would have to formally import the car to Canada. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. And this is like this car, the blue book value is like $500. $1, it's not even. <laughs> it's like like if it was in perfect condition, it would be I think seven hundred bucks, but oh it's got goodness. like it's got a crack kind of going along the bottom of the windshield. It's got some a few dents in it from over the years, mm. so it is it's not even worth like the the optimal blue book value. Um, so we're trying to get rid of this car that is almost worthless, um, <laughs> and you know I considered maybe you could junk the car, but I think even for that you need the title. Um, so it seemed like the easiest the most straightforward way to get rid of this car was going to be to somehow get it from northern New Brunswick, Canada, the four-hour trip down to um, Maine. And the entranceway that we usually go through is Holton, Maine, which Mm -hmm. is where uh, Interstate 95 ends in the United States. Um, And then – so that's – pretty much the way we've always driven up to Maine. So I'm a little familiar with that area. I think there were closer ways we could get it out of Maine. But then it's so far north in Maine. um, Well, I'll save that for a little later. So I looked into it and it seemed like, okay, if I could get the car to Holton, then it's at least in the right country. um, And I have the title, then we could either sell it or in the end, since, you know, the price is, the value is pretty low um, and looking for a seller can take time. We just donated the car um, Mm -hmm. to charity. And so even that is kind of this thing where you call the charity and then they say, Oh, thank you for the donation. We'll put you in touch with the auction house that we work with. So then they put you in touch with the car auction house And they say, oh, okay, we will put you in touch with the towing company that we work with. 
Um, so you're already like two steps removed from the actual charity and the folks who the, the auction house, they assigned me first to a towing company. I think they were located in Pennsylvania. Oops. And so when I called them to arrange for the pickup, they said, well, Maine is way outside of our towing area, so we can't do it. So then I called back to the auction house and they put me in touch with somebody a little bit closer. But when I talked to them, we were like 50 miles out of their towing range. And then finally found somebody who would actually be able to tow the car from Holton, which is pretty far north in Maine. Um, and then, of course, another goal for me for getting rid of Dad's Taurus was to try to um, try to make it as easy as possible on my sister so that yeah. she wasn't having to do a lot of extra stuff because um, she's, you know, already been handling a lot of things for the for the estate. Um, and uh, so I enlisted the aid of a friend of mine. Uh, Rich Freyer, who uh, I went to college with. We've been friends uh, since college. Um, and he's been up to visit in uh, Canada a few times. And uh, we used to go on road trips together. So I kind of enlisted him on this kind of road trip of a quest where we'd go up to Canada together and then we would take a day and I would drive the Taurus and he would drive his car kind of as a chase car in case something <laughs> went terribly wrong. Um, and we'd drive it down to Holton and then he would give me a ride back. And so like it was about eight hours of driving all told. It's about four hours each way. Um, so my cousin Jim, who had been kind of taking care of dad's car over the years, um, made sure it was in good running condition and needed a new battery. He kind of searched around to find kind of a replacement battery that wasn't brand new. So it'd be kind of just really inexpensive to get this car down, down to Maine. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we got all ready, set off and, um, drove down. Got across the border, which was, you know, wasn't – technically, it's not my my car. It's my father's car, and it's really belongs to the estate. Had they decided to delve into things, it could have gotten complicated <laughs> at the border, but fortunately, they didn't. Um, so as soon as the car was in the right country, I breathed a, a big sigh of relief. And um, we had – I originally had thought that, you know – we would schedule the day and time and the tow truck would come and get the car and we'd meet the tow truck. Mm -hmm. But since it's so far north in Maine, the towing company really only sends a truck around when there's a few cars for them to pick up. Mm -hmm. um, so they didn't know exactly when. So I kind of looked in the phone book, found kind of a local car dealer and called and just asked and explained my crazy story of you know having this car that i need to drop off and it's my dad's car and he passed away etc and asked them if i could just leave the car and the paperwork with them for a few days until the tow truck came and um they were incredibly accommodating so um nice. that was very nice so rich and i got across the border we uh kind of made sure everything was out of the car, took the license plates off and left all the paperwork with uh with that car 
car dealership up in Holton, Maine. And um, then I got a text a few days later that the tow truck had picked it up. And um, so the last thing that should happen is once it's auctioned, my sister's at her address, she should get a copy of all the, all the paperwork, um, including, you know, the, I think it's a minimum of like a $500 tax deduction or something like Mm that. Um, but really it's less about the tax deduction, more about, much more about having this thing that's kind of been on my plate for a year as a project. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, which yeah, has, was a little more complicated than I was expecting, but, um, my God, when I dropped that car off and took the license plates off and just left, (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy. It, it was as if I had accomplished something of, you know, an incredible magnitude when really, you know, it's kind of a run of the mill thing. It just had been a sense of an open loop for such a long time. Um, it's epic. It's an epic uh, tale. (laughs) And it was a lot of – and having Rich along definitely made it more of kind of a quest or adventure. And uh, so it was uh, was a really good good time, and it was good to have a chance to spend some time with Rich too. So um, all in all, it it turned out to be um, a really good experience, um, even though um, it was the source of definitely some agita and anxiety – um, leading up to it. Yeah. Well, as you're telling the story, like things going through my mind, one was, wow, I see how people probably abandon cars, <laughs> why they abandon, abandon them. Like, you know, cause you occasionally see abandoned cars along the highway or whatever. And I'm right. often like, why would somebody just abandon their car? Now I, I can understand why. <laughs> Maybe they they don't have the title. Maybe they don't have whatever. And you know, and maybe it's only worth five hundred dollars anyway, and not worth getting towed or whatever. But also, one thing about the story that is, uh, you know, it wouldn't work um, if it was an Oregon car because you you have to have your car um, every two years inspect it. Um, for environmental, you know, quality control. So you couldn't keep reg- re-registering a car year after year for more than, you know, ne- every two years it would have to be back in Oregon to be to pass uh, emission standards. So yeah, um, and I I never really looked into what Dad was doing and whether <laughs> it was a hundred percent kosher. kosher. <laughs> Oh yeah, we definitely also had considered maybe we should just abandon the car. Yeah. Or just tell the company that it's been totaled or something. But even then they'd want to look at it and so I think for me it was important to try to do it in a proper way so that nothing yeah. came back and bit me mm. or my even more so my sister right yeah. there's nothing worse than having somebody handle something for you and then it comes back and bites you in the ass later yeah. um <laughs> thanks thanks bro for <laughs> for getting me in That's trouble interesting. um That's so funny. to me it was just, it was important to even though it was a little definitely a little extra effort to uh yeah. to try to handle it like very <laughs> properly uh i also think like for future reference, if I ever, 
you know, move or spend long periods of time in Canada and I want to have a car, I'm going to look for a used car in Canada. That's a Canadian car. That so. is a great idea. Yes. <laughs> I would, I highly recommend that. Um, yeah, it's, it's not as if, uh, yeah, dad could not have gone that route. He probably could have, but yeah, I think he was fond of his Ford Taurus and, yeah. you know, it did, I mean, it served us very well. As a matter of fact, um, my cousin Jim did a great job making sure it was roadworthy in terms of the engine and heating. Everything went perfectly fine. It was, uh, it, it made the trip without, you know, the, yeah. we, we didn't even get close to overheating at all. The heat, you know, that heat gauge stayed constant. Mm -hmm. The only, uh, the only thing is it, that car could definitely have used a fresh, uh, a fresh injection of Freon. The oh. uh, air conditioning was like hanging on for dear life. <laughs> so we left early in the morning so it didn't get that hot. But at the border, there was like an hour wait getting oh. into the U.S. So you're just sitting yeah. in a car idling in the hot sun. And, oh, gosh. Oh, that was – it got a little warm. Um, yeah. But, you know, that was the biggest the biggest issue. Um, everything else was like – went knock on wood – as planned, and uh, I'm so glad that thing is off my plate. Yeah. Did, did you check it off in OmniFocus? Oh, you bet I did. The minute I got back, <laughs> I was like, check, got that check. done. Yeah. But the project, <laughs> the project is still open oh. with one remaining item, which yeah. is uh, it's under waiting, which is mm -hmm. received donation paperwork for Dad's uh. Taurus. But it's deferred. Yeah. I deferred it till the beginning of September because I know that can take a little while. So, and you know, my sister will receive the paperwork in due course, and then then we'll close the books on on that. Okay. But I do find often just in OmniFocus, I do end up with uh, projects with that one last closing item that's yeah. just sitting there, and it kind of like, oh, this is done, but it's not quite done. Um, mm -hmm. so anyway, uh, well, well, James, that is a, a great story of a triumph over bureaucracy and over distance Yes, <laughs> over car, car maintenance. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad, um, I'm glad that, uh, you persevered and you got the result you wanted. Um, do you have anything else we should talk about on this episode or should we wrap up now? No, let's wrap on up. That was, <laughs> I'm exhausted just thinking it's... about what I had to do to do that again. So seriously, it's like, it's like a Greek, uh, you know, it's an updated version of the Odyssey, I swear. So. Exactly. <laughs> the... But, uh, yeah. So, uh, listeners, um, we'd be interested if you have any productivity hacks of your own, maybe around, you know, tying up loose ends that, have a lot of bureaucracy involved. Um, we'd um, love to hear from you and please feel free to share with us. You can find us on the internet at theweeklyreview.fm, on micro.blog, and on Twitter, we are at the Weekly Review. And uh, you can also email us at say hello at theweeklyreview.fm. We would love it if you would rate or review this podcast. Um, it helps new listeners find us and it sure makes us glad to know that you like us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next Weekly Review. Thanks. 
Organizational fun There's a lot of things 